The 2023 Rugby World Cup is over. And unfortunately, the end is not without controversy. I will have a special comment on the game. Let's get to it. Hey everybody and welcome to Season 3, Episode 12 of The Rugby Report, your weekly recap and preview podcast of all things rugby. My name is Dwayne Burkhardt, and in this episode, as just noted, I will have a special comment on the end of the 2023 Rugby World Cup. We'll also review the results from Week 3 in the Premiership, and we'll look back at Week 2 in the URC, and look ahead to Week 3. But first, let's go to France. The weekend began with the bronze medal game between Argentina and England, and at the start anyway, it just wasn't Argentina's night. England pounded their way out to a 10-0 lead in the opening minutes of this game. From there on, it was the reliable foot of Farrell that carried the English out to a 16-3 lead. But just before the half, Argentina found their mojo, drove the field themselves, and despite having been largely manhandled throughout the first half, went into the sheds only down 6, 16-10. And when the second half began, Argentina exploded back onto the field as Santiago Carreras blasted through England's defense and gave the Pumas their first lead of the game, 17-16. But literally seconds later, England hooker Theo Dan thundered through the Puma defense, blocked a kick, chased it down, and landed on it for the try. And just like that, England retook the lead 23-17. From there on, the kicking game took over again, two for the Pumas, one for England, and with just five minutes left in the game, it was 26-23 England, but that's when the Pumas dug deep and once again drove the ball down the field. A penalty gave the usually reliable Nicolas Sanchez a chance to tie the score and force extra time, but the ball veered just to the left of the post, and that is the way it ended. Full-time score, Argentina 23, England 26. And England, again, a team that many people didn't think would even make it to the knockout rounds, took home the bronze in the 2023 World Cup. And now, the game that the entire rugby world is still talking about. The grand final between the New Zealand All Blacks and the South African Springboks. Both teams playing for an unprecedented fourth RWC title. And both teams... And in fact, the entire world, wanting nothing more than to see these two teams face off in a good contest. But it was not to be. Fans and regular listeners of this podcast know that I am a strong supporter of rugby officials. I have often gone out of my way to note the difficulty of their job and my respect for those who do it. And I continue to maintain that rugby officiating is literally the most difficult officiating job in all of professional sports. But when there are moments, or indeed entire games, when the quality of officiating fails to measure up to the highest standards, and especially when that happens in literally the most important game in the sport, well, we do need to talk about it. From the opening moments of this game, the grand final was plagued by an officiating crew which seemed dedicated to interfering with the flow of the game, and far worse, to determining its outcome. One of the most bizarre moments came early on, when head referee Wayne Barnes made a mistake on a penalty call against all-black Artie Savia. Everyone who watched the game on television, regardless of who they were supporting, knows that Barnes made the mistake, because the officials are miked during the games, 
and Barnes can clearly be heard telling Savia immediately after the call that he blew it. But here's the thing. Barnes admitted his mistake and apologized to Savia before Andre Pollard kicked the penalty goal. If Barnes knew and acknowledged that he had made a mistake, then why on earth was South Africa then allowed to kick for points? If there's a rule that I'm unaware of that makes it impossible for an official to correct their own mistake in real time like that, well then that rule should be changed. Sadly, this was not even close to the only thing that went wrong during the game, and Barnes was not only not the only culprit, he wasn't even the main one. The game's television match official, or TMO, interrupted and interjected himself into the game on no less than six occasions. Four of them involving cards, two for each team, often for infractions that Barnes had already decided on a lesser penalty. But in each case, Barnes immediately deferred and in fact subordinated himself to the TMO. New Zealand fans do, I think, have a point when they note, as they are noting all over the internet this morning, that more of these calls disadvantaged New Zealand than South Africa. But the fact is that there were just plain bad calls in both directions. And fans of both squads have reason to be unhappy today. And that really is the heart of the matter, isn't it? Neither team and neither fan base should be happy with the outcome of this game. Both teams played well, despite the massive over-involvement and failures of the officials. Both teams deserved better. And certainly, the fans deserved better. Neither of these two teams, who incidentally have great respect for each other and even mutually agreed to gather together after the game regardless of the outcome, neither of them wanted the winner to walk off with the asterisk that this game will now have. It is a frankly tragic end to an otherwise phenomenal World Cup competition. Despite the officiating, both teams had good moments in this largely defensive war, and yet, I think an argument could easily be made that neither team should have won. On the Springbok side, their first penalty kick should have never happened, since, again, it was the result of a penalty call that the referee himself immediately admitted was incorrect. And on the All Black side, they missed a conversion kick and a penalty goal, either of which would have given them the victory in this low-scoring one-point game. As a genuine fan of both teams... I wanted so much more for both of them than they got in this game. But in the end, South Africa was awarded the game, and they should be acknowledged as world champion. The full-time score, New Zealand 11, South Africa 12. The only other time in the history of this podcast that I've had to be this critical of the officiating was in the final episode of Season 2 of this podcast, when an obviously blown call in the Super Rugby Championship game changed the outcome of the championship. The added irony for me is that in that game, it was the failure and or inability of the TMO to stop the game and alert the head official to the missed call, where in this game, the problem was the exact opposite. In any case, clearly, the governing body of the World Cup needs to have a very hard look at this game and how it was officiated and they need to make changes. We'll stay in Europe now and move on to better news. And we'll start by having a quick look in at week three in the Premiership. 
On Friday night, the Saracens kind of manhandled Gloucester 24-3. Then yesterday, the Harlequins won their second straight by edging out Bristol 23-21. Next, in the weekend's only true blowout, the Exeter Chiefs bounced back from last week's loss to the Harlequins by pulverizing Sale 43-0. And yes, that earns an ouch from me. Elsewhere, Leicester narrowly beat Bath 25-24, and literally moments ago, seriously, this game just ended, Northampton hung on to beat Newcastle 16-14. Finally, it was week two in the URC, and it was, yet again, another fun and exciting week. As I predicted, the Ospreys did rebound at home and take down Zebra, although credit to Zebra in this game, as I thought it might be a close one, full-time score 34-31 to the Ospreys. Next up, my boys in Connacht, who are, once again, my favorite Irish side, but who I predicted would fall to the Glasgow Warriors at home. Well, they showed me where I can stuff my lack of faith in them. Although I have to say that the first try that Glasgow scored was the living definition of a blown play. Fortunately, it didn't matter, and Connacht won the game on what appeared to be a very nice day for rugby in West Ireland. The full-time score was 34-26 to Connacht. Well done, guys. Next up, as I predicted, the Stormers did in fact pulverize the Scarlets, 52-7, ow, and Leinster did beat the Sharks handily, 34-13. And finally, last night, in a game that I watched start to heart-stopping finish, Edinburgh hosted the Joburg Lions in a game that the Scots seemed to control for the vast bulk of the game, moving the ball at will, and yet they could not put the Lions away and very nearly gave away the game at the end. Still, they hung on, and I mean hung on, to move to 2-0 on the young season. The full-time score, Edinburgh 17, Lions 16. And then this morning, as I was eating breakfast here in the USA, I watched Benetton host Munster. Now, I predicted that Munster would win this game, but I also said that if Benetton won, then I was going to completely reassess my opinion of their team and their prospects this season. And for the first 70 minutes of this game, it looked like I was going to be wrong and that it was going to be time for me to look harder at Benetton. Munster just didn't have it. And Benetton simply dominated Munster in the scrum, which was weird to me. But the Munster men were relentless on attack at the end, and while Benetton's defense really did impress the heck out of me, they were not up to the challenge in those final minutes. And in that end, I get neither a win nor a loss. Because as time ran out, Munster finally got the try they needed for a draw. Full-time score, 13 all. And yes, I think Benetton may be a much better team this year than I thought they were going to be. Elsewhere, earlier today, again, as I predicted, my Cardiff Blues did rebound against the Dragons, 16-9. And as we recorded this podcast, Ulster has just finished, then they have upset the Bulls. The full-time score there, 26-19 to Ulster. For those keeping track, that makes me 5-2 on the week and brings me to 11-4 overall in the URC this season. Looking ahead to Week 3 now, on Friday night, the Warriors will return home to Glasgow to face the Stormers. I'd love to give this game to the kilt-clad men of the North, but I think the Stormers are going to blow into town and rain on the Warriors' parade, so Stormers win there. Next, the Ospreys will host the 0-2 Sharks, but I think the Sharks will finally start swimming this week, and they will take this game on the road, 
Although, if I'm wrong, there may be some real problems for the fish this season. On Saturday, an obviously improved Zebra team will host the Pretoria Bulls. But the Bulls will stampede, and Zebra will fall at home. Next, Leinster will host a surprisingly 2-0 Edinburgh team, and despite the scowl that I'm sure I will get from my youngest daughter as I make this prediction, I have to go with Leinster in this game. Later in the day, the Scarlets will host the Cardiff Blues, where I predict the Blues will improve to 2-1, and and Munster will then likely crush the Dragons. Finally on Saturday, it's an all-Ireland affair as Connacht hosts Ulster in a game that is hard for me to predict. But since I blew it with Connacht last week and failed to have faith, I can't do that again. So I'll say Connacht will win this one at home. And on Sunday, Benetton finishes the week at home in a game that could actually be the game of the week as they welcome the suddenly 0-2 Joburg Lions. The Lions are better than their record and have lost their first two games against good teams by a total of four points. And they will likely come into this game angry. But Benetton has really impressed me this season, so I'm going out on a bit of a limb here. And I'm going to say they will defend their home field, and Benetton wins what might be yet another close game for the Lions, but they do drop to 0-3. And once again, folks, that's all the more time we have for Season 3, Episode 12 of The Rugby Report. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe and tell all of your rugby friends about our show. And until next time, here's a little rugby reminder. The difference between a try and triumph is just a little oomph. See you next time. This episode of The Rugby Report is the 2023 copyrighted property of Narratives, LLC. It is intended for the free, private, and non-commercial use of its listeners only and may not be rebroadcast or retransmitted either in whole or part without written permission. Please email info at narrativesllc.com for more information.